Okay, it's rap pack to my pulse flat. We keep it real, no false rap. I got four cars and they all black. Got four bras and they all that. We call that ballin'. Doing this is my calling. Flow is so appalling. My phone off and she calls. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Charm City Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jay Hollihan. Back here on this Thursday evening recapping the Toronto Blue Jays series for the Baltimore Orioles where they took three out of four north of the border. And apologies for the post-Yankees series episode. There was um, an issue of coming back home and and being jet-lagged off of a trip out to San Francisco um, and just by the time I was able to come around to recording the episode, it was practically game time, and at that point, there was no sense in doing that. So, here we are, after the Orioles take three out of four from the Toronto Blue Jays, and it was a pretty, early on, it seemed like a pretty even series. The Orioles... Um, get a 4-2 win over the Blue Jays in Game 1. Ryan Mountcastle, who's been huge of late for Baltimore, had a 2-RBI double. And then Gunnar Henderson, who I said, you know, kind of from the get-go as the season started, he was my pick to be the AL Rookie of the Year, and he is, it is looking like that is going to be the case. As he made it 3-0, Mountcastle had a sack fly to give him Three RBIs on the night. And then in the fifth, the Blue Jays got one back off Kyle Gibson. And, you know, it just seemed like, okay, it was just one run. And then it turned into two runs after Ymir Cano gave up a homer to Whit Merrifield. Listen, Cano is, you know, he's solid. I, I still have faith in him, but... He's been a little shaky throughout the season. I mean, he's had some outings now where he hasn't exactly been as dominant as he was early on in the season. So do I think this is an issue? Not really, but is it definitely something to kind of keep your eye out and, you know, look for? I, I think so. I mean, it's not a, uh, like I said, not not anything concerning. You know, it it's just kind of, this kind of stuff happens, and especially with how many innings, you know, Kanoa has been in, I think it might just be fatigue. So that side is concerning. The side of does he just not have his stuff, I don't think so. But definitely it kind of raises a little bit of a red flag when you see this and you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, you know, maybe be nice if we could continue to get someone to step up and, and let Kano get some days there. Game two was the big laugher in this series. Ryan Mountcastle plated um, one. And and I say that this was a big laugher. It turned out to be a big laugher because it felt like it wasn't early on. Sure, the O's got a 2-0 lead to start off with in the top of the first. Then Adley Rutschman with an RBI single in the top of the second. But the... Toronto Blue Jays, they come right back with a homer in the bottom half of the second, a two-run blast to make it 3-2. It's a one-run game. Then they tie it up off a Brandon Belt home run in the bottom of the third. So Kyle Bradish was getting, you know, nicked up at this point. But then the top of the sixth, Gunnar Henderson comes up, 
and he hits a leadoff homer, make it 4-3, and the O's never turn, um, n- never look back as they continued uh, their onslaught and go on to win it 13-3. to um, So that was game two where the O's kind of put the you know, put the gas really on the on the on the pedal, and then last night was tough for um, I think kind of all round. You know, Grayson Rodriguez. I thought it was one of his best outings, if not his best outing on the season, where he at least didn't get the win. I thought he looked good. He just had you know just a few mistakes. I mean, but it it really it looked much better than. When we had seen him before, like he in his two outings that he's been back up, he looks a lot better. Um, but it was just a shame that they couldn't pull it out. The offense really struggled. Uh, Fujinami just you know couldn't with inherited runners you know get the outs. I mean he only needed one more out and just couldn't get it. Um, and then the offense was just shut down by the Blue Jays um, bullpen. But then. Game three today, you know, you you feel like after last night, how is this team going to respond? You know, how are they going to, um, you know, how, what's the message going to be as they come back out? You know, after a tough loss the night before, you know, and Jack Flaherty obviously being on the mound, what's he going to look like? And it was all good. Um, a little traffic there at one point in the game, but... Got off to a 2-0 lead early on. Got to Gosman, your former um, you know, your former Baltimore Oriole, and then they just continued to tack on. Um, you know, three nothing at one point. Then the then the Blue Jays kind of came back in it. Um in the bottom of the sixth, they were able to get the bases loaded with one out, but Flaherty went out there. And was just was an animal and finished him off um, and got got the job done, you know. But I just really want to talk about Ryan Mountcastle and Gunnar Henderson here for a second. I mean, Gunnar Henderson. I feel like we've been talking about him a lot, but recently Ryan Mountcastle has found his his stroke again. He's finding his swing. He's now hitting two sixty seven. You know, he's got, in just 78 games, 13 homers, now 49 RBIs. He was really huge in that series against Toronto. And he's been so, so strong um, of late. You know, I think, and even in the in the Philadelphia series, he had some, some RBIs, some homers. It's looking very, very good um, out of Ryan Mountcastle. Great to see as you're going in your stretch run because... You know, you got your right-handed hitter, Austin Hayes, who is one of your best hitters. In the first half of the season, well, he's kind of cooled off. Um, you know, it's just it just feels like whenever you needed a hit or someone to step up and get a hit, he was he was there. Um you know, he did that for you um, throughout the the past week. And I really want to see that continue. Like I said, as we get into um, the stretch run of the season. 
So, moving on now to the Mets series coming up. Three-game series at home. Um, This is a Mets team that's really hurting. This is a Mets team that is in no case, you know, looking like they're going to do anything this season. You have an opportunity here to really do some damage now. Really do some damage. I mean, you look right... You look right now at the at the standings. You're two games up on the Tampa Bay Rays. And you're two games up on the Tampa Bay Rays. And it feels like since that series in Tampa Bay, I saw a tweet um earlier it feels like since you went and took three out of four from them in the middle of july um it just feels like they haven't gone anywhere you know they took the lead and it still feels like they're they're clinging on with them um it really does like it's it's unbelievable how good this AL East is and then you look right behind you or right behind the Rays and there's the Blue Jays at seven and a half games back and then there's the Red Sox at nine and a half games back I mean you know you kind of like to think that you've made some distance where it's just you and the Rays in a dogfight right now but hey you never know um but looking at the the upcoming series like I said against the Mets Tomorrow night, first pitch, 7.05. It's Dean Kramer on the mound. A 4.66 ERA, 10-4 and record. He's gotten wins in his previous five starts. Hasn't lost a game that he started in since June 30th. The team hasn't, at least. But he hasn't, he hasn't had a decision since Friday, July 14th. Um... And like I said, the 4.66 ERA, it's alarming, but I feel like he's been one of the most improved players on the season. Um, this, this meaning that, this being that he has improved as the year has gone on, of course. I feel like, you know, we've seen other guys improve from last year to this year. Um, but as the year went on, I, I definitely feel like, Dean Kramer's gotten better. And you go up against David Peterson, a 5-9-2 ERA, 3-7 win-loss record. Um, last time out, only went two innings against the Nationals. Only went, whoa. I, I believe he's been coming out of the pen because I'm looking at his stats here and there's no way. Yeah, he's been coming out of the pen. Okay. I, I was, you know, typically he's a starter. And looking at his stats, it's just... He hasn't gone more than two innings in his previous six games. So, yeah, they've been bringing him in as a as a relief pitcher. So now he's back as a starter, which I, I think that kind of can mess with the guy. So, you know, maybe you can get, um, get something going there tomorrow night. Saturday, it's Kyle Gibson on the mound, a 4-5-3 RA, 10-6 win-loss record. I like to see Gibson. He looked good in his previous three starts 
um, you know, on Monday, only gave up one, only gave up one earned run, and then, you know, previously against the Phillies, he looked good aside from really that one pitch against Bryce Harper, and, um, you know, I thought, I think that so far he's been pretty good of late, um, hasn't been, hasn't been perfect, but pretty good, and, You know, it, it's. I feel like bringing in Jack Flaherty, you wanted to see what Kyle Gibson could do, and he wasn't giving you enough, and you just don't feel confident enough in the guy. But now Kyle Gibson, I feel like, can kind of settle into himself. Um, but they go up against Tyler McGill. Who has a five one seven ERA, six and four win loss record, and gosh, against the Astros, I mean, it is crazy looking at the stat lines from these Mets pitchers. Oh my goodness, um, ten to eight loss against the Astros. I mean, did. Did he is he coming out? Was he coming out of the pen too? I it, I can't tell if he is or if he isn't because his numbers are just kind of everywhere. Um, but you you can do some damage there. Um, and I feel like Anthony Santander and and Gunnar Henderson, you know, in that game on Saturday, um, I'm expecting big things out of them. And then you've got Sunday. Kyle Bradish, three three two ERA, seven and six win loss record. I mean, Kyle Bradish. What more can you say? I said most one of the most improved players was Dean Kramer. Another one has to be Kyle Bradish. I mean, he's been excellent. He's gone at least six six innings. Um, I believe in his previous. Let's see here. Seven starts. Previous seven starts. He's gone at least six innings. Six. Good innings, mind you. And he takes on Jose Quintana, who has a 3.57 ERA. Quintana's actually been pretty good. You know, you want to handle business early on as much as possible um, in those first two games because, you know, you never know with anything can happen there. And you, and I don't believe you want to get into kind of a, a mess there with Jose Quintana, who I think is kind of out to prove that he still belongs there. Um as a starting pitcher in the with, with the Mets and that they shouldn't trade him off at the end of the season. So that's the upcoming series. Um, you know, hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Sorry with some, maybe some breaks um, in the, in the conversation. I have my Jets friends um, going off back, uh, back at school at St. John's about the Jets hall of fame game. So, um, I was trying to keep it together, but it was kind of funny. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we'll be back on Sunday recapping the series, um, against New York Mets and thanks everyone for tuning in and, uh, so long.